I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Tossed Popcorn is a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, I'm Liana Holston. And I'm Sienna Jekyll. And welcome to Tossed Popcorn, the podcast where two idiots watch every film on the AFI's 100 Greatest American Movies of All Time, the very slightly less racist 10th Anniversary Edition. This podcast is a safe space for people who don't know anything about movies. Today we're watching Psycho. Well, a a boy's best friend is his mother. Number 14 on the AFI list. Warning, there will be spoilers about this film. Also, there really are spoilers in this film. So if you don't want to hear about it, get over it. Oh, yeah. But there's spoilers in every film. It's true, but this one is like, there's a big reveal. Oh, did you? Were you surprised? No, I knew about it. Oh, yeah, Did you okay. know about it? <laughs> I didn't know it was going to happen, but I was like, come on. That okay. woman's not alive. <laughs> it's a Hitchcock film. The woman is never alive. That's true. Early social commentary, bitches. I'm so sorry for saying bitch. <laughs> well, shall we do our predictions now that we've already briefed ourselves a little bit about yeah, how much we knew? Maybe. Okay, let's listen to yours first. Okay. Good morning, Sienna. Good morning. It's about 6.50 a.m. And I'm going to watch Psycho. What? Before I'm watching it this early because I just know that as a woman who lives alone, Mm. it's going to make me afraid to take a shower. Mm. So I want there to be daylight and I want to have the rest of the day to, in the immortal words of Taylor Swift, shake it off. Wish me luck. Love you. Bye. Hi. Wow, I've never heard your morning voice before. And no one has. I love it. 
Did you like how that sounded, boys? Someone, just anybody, feel free to DM me. I know I deleted the apps because my therapist told me to, but like, come on. <laughs> the new app is Apple Podcasts. <laughs> or they the iHeartRadio app. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Sienna, let's hear your prediction for Psycho. Hi, Liana. It's Sienna. I am about to watch the movie Psycho. So I've seen a lot about this movie just sort of in pop culture. Mm. The TV show Psych has an episode about Hitchcock, oh. and there's a lot of mm. Psycho references in oh. there. So I know this is the one where there's the stabby in the shower, yeah. um, the, the yogurt commercial lady. It's her oh mom who gets stabbed in the shower. Um, Activia, Activia's mom gets stabbed in the shower. <laughs> and then I also think this has to do with, like, a hotel. Yeah. All right. Bye, bye, bye. Oh, the injustice you have done, Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> I first met her on the yogurt commercials. Did you not see Freaky Friday as a child? I guess after I saw an Activia commercial. Um, yes, Jamie Lee Curtis's mother, Janet Lee, plays the lead. Or is she the lead? Oh my gosh, there's freaking no protagonist in this movie. Which brings us to the summary. Effortless transitions this episode. <laughs> Wait, I wrote this in a rush and haven't really looked at it in a while. <laughs> Okay, here's the summary of Psycho. Yeah. A Hitchcock blonde steals a lot of money, drives to her boyfriend's, but not all the way to her boyfriend's, but stops at the Bates Motel for a night to get killed. <laughs> when her loved ones come a-looking for Marion, that's the Hitchcock blonde, and the money, they find Norman Bates and his mommy issues instead. <sighs> mm-hmm. The end. Stops for the night to get killed. <laughs> I'm so tired. I think I'll just stop at this rest stop to get murdered. Just a quick little pause on my life. (laughs) Okay, um, we already met Hitchcock before, Liana. We heard a lot about him last time. So I'm very interested. I'm very interested to hear what you have to tell us today. Okay, everybody. Hello. Here's a bit of historical context about Psycho, the 1960 film. As we do know from our Vertigo episode, Hitchcock sucked as a person. He was misogynistic. He ruined Tippi Hedren's career. And he also said, quote, blondes make the best victims. Barf. If you want more on Hitchcock, please tune in to our episode on Vertigo. (laughs) Whoa. Our dizziest one. Psycho itself is based on the 1959 novel of the same name by Robert Bloch. Bloch? Bloch? (laughs) I don't know. The killer in the film, Norman Bates, and in the novel, is actually quite similar to IRL serial killer Ed Gein. Ah. Here are the similarities between him and Norman. Grew up in a repressive household with a controlling mother. After she died, his mental health worsened. He never left home or dated. He left his mother's room untouched after she died. What's weird is the author of the novel, Robert Bloch... (laughs) claims that his book was mostly written before he learned about Ed Gein. And he was like, yeah, I was really struck by the similarities. Uh, What? (laughs) Oh, my God. I know. I was like, okay. Weird thing to tell people. Psycho the film, for its time, the year 1960 when it came out, the violence in it was shocking and the sexual explicitness was scandalous to audiences. By today's (laughs) standards, the movie is very, very, very tame. It would maybe Mm -hmm. be rated PG-13 at most. Mm -hmm. Um, And the movie wasn't produced by a studio. Hitchcock financed it 
himself with his personal funds, which meant that it didn't have to adhere to the studio codes, the Hayes codes. I so, was wondering. Yeah, that's if, why it's able to be more explicit okay. sexually and violent. Um, also, for the time, it was very surprising to kill off the lead of the film a third of the way into the film. Almost stupid. Almost <laughs> a dumb movie. But I guess it happens in the book. I don't know. Mm-mm. The most famous scene from this film, arguably from any film, mayhaps, because we mm. love to see a woman get hurt, thanks society, is the shower scene. <laughs> oh, wait, that's Jaws. Wait. I think, well, here's... What were you doing? Jaws. I was accidentally doing Jaws. Okay. <laughs> okay, the shower scene. A lot of men love to claim that it changed cinema forever. It took seven days to shoot this 45-second oh. scene. What? Please, hop in. Wait, no, I just... How? I'll explain. The film took seven days to shoot the 45-second scene because it's so many cuts back and forth, and they took it from so many angles to get all the different knife things, and because you never actually see a knife go into a body, which is why they were able to get it past like standards and practices of the mm-hmm. time and show it on oh, screen. Oh, and they really sneak past that one. No one notices that. <laughs> it's so not apparent <laughs> that the knife is in front of her the whole time. <laughs> Let me stab You'd you. You'd never know. <laughs> the movie also had to be in black and white for the standards of the time, because uh, seeing red blood run down the drain would have been unshowable in uh-huh. theaters also it's do you know what the substance is no guess what the blood is uh-huh. like beet juice more more fun like a cranberry juice more think like more towards children children would be enjoying this ketchup no what is ch- play-doh oh my god okay <laughs> should I just tell you? yeah you should tell me chocolate sauce <gasps> oh i guess it didn't need to be red <laughs> The reason people are like, oh, my God, it changed cinema is apparently it opened the floodgates for on-screen violence. Mm. So, you know, kind of fuck Hitchcock for that one, in my opinion, because I can't watch. This is like the only movie I could watch in terms of violence. And it's the most violent one of its time. And the reason that movies today are so insane. He doomed you. He doomed me. Not the first woman or the last. No, he died. Yeah, we're good. (laughs) Um, The star of the film, Janet Leigh, Activia's mother, avoided showers after the film for the rest of her life and only took baths. And I'm really curious how you feel about that fact. Why? Because I love a bath? You love a bath <laughs> I so do, much. But I you do. also have like empathy for other women. <laughs> I took a bath yesterday. I'm happy for her for that reason. Um, that's terrifying though that she was so terrified on set. Yeah. And so uncomfortable mm-hmm. that forever she could never take another one. I know. They have clear showers also. Glass. Yeah, but Steam steam it'll get you the curtain of water nice settings <laughs> oh my god psycho is considered the first modern horror film credited with launching the slasher subgenre um, filmmaker alexander o philippe <laughs> said quote it unleashed a whole new wave of slasher movies and cinematic violence against women Awesome. Especially naked women. Oh, yay. Especially naked women in private spaces. Mm. Again, it does root back to the misogyny of it all. Hitchcock had zero respect for women as Mm -hmm. people. Very famous also from this film is the score by one Bernard Herrmann. And we thank you, Bernard. (laughs) The screeching violins have been imitated so much that they are now one of the all-time, quote, aural cliches. They are so instantly recognizable. If you've heard anything spooky, you have heard these violins. Some have accused the film of being transphobic. They, but the thing is, like, 
accusing the film of being transphobic is a little bit transphobic in and of itself (laughs) because it implies that Norman putting on a dress and a wig means that he identifies as trans, which Uh is like not the case in the film. Yeah. He, in the movie, is has what would today be called dissociative identity disorder, which was previously known as multiple personality disorder. Dissociative identity disorder is described in the DSM-5 as a, quote, disruption of identity characterized by two or more distinct personality states or an experience of possession. So, yeah, so you know, that's not to say that the film's portrayal of blurred gender roles mm-hmm. is not problematic. Mm-hmm. Um Particularly because at the time, and honestly still today, many conflated cross-dressing with being trans mm-hmm. um, and a recurring harmful trope in media, especially in horror films, is the depiction of gender non-conforming people as evil. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. while you know you can argue that the film doesn't actually strictly define or code Norman Bates as trans because it's like a recurring thing in mm-hmm. the horror genre, especially it still is is harmful in its in its own way. Yeah. Also, no matter what statement the film is making, the representation that it's giving, if this is the representation we have of any sort of gender nonconforming characters, yeah, then it's not a great one. Yeah, totally. Thus concludes my historical context on the film Psycho. Thank you so much for Thank that you. history. I can't believe it took seven days to get the shower scene. I here's my thing is it's the same with like any of the set design in the Wizard of Oz. I'm like, I don't I don't know what goes into a film. Like, sure, I would believe any amount of time you told me. And I'd be like, yeah, probably you could tell me like seven hours to get it or seven days. And I just wouldn't know the (laughs) difference. I guess she had to dry off every time. (laughs) All right. Oh, wait, I was going to say about that. I didn't know going into this that it was a Hitchcock film because the only thing I really knew about it was the still of her in the shower screaming at the knife coming at her. But her hair is so wet that she doesn't look blonde anymore. (laughs) So you're like, this isn't Hitchcock. Well, yeah, absolutely. It's unrecognizable. (laughs) That's so funny. Uh, Shall we move on to phone notes? Yes, we shall. If you've not heard the pod before, Phone Notes is the segment where we talk about the notes we took on our phones while watching the movie because we watch them separately from one another and come together now to discuss. Ooh. Sienna, what did you think of this movie? Here's my quick breakdown of Psycho. Mm -hmm. It's four scenes. Okay. There are like no scenes in this movie. Okay, perfect. Scene one? Oh my gosh. Well, I don't actually know the four scenes. Oh, that's really interesting. (laughs) You came in with such confidence and clarity. You there can't give things. a PowerPoint. No, but I can't like, say here them. are the four things. I don't have any of them. Okay, wait, wait. I mean, it's very, very few scenes. Like, yeah, it's like okay, it's it's like her driving mm-hmm. the, the quick one where she gets killed, but sure. basically her arriving to the the place mm-hmm. and then getting killed. That's the second scene. Then him cleaning up the murder for oh. like twenty minutes. Yes, and then they catch him. That's mainly it. I'm, I would say with that, you have listed four of the scenes <laughs> that are in Psycho. What I'm trying to say is that I'm noticing that a lot of Hitchcock's movies, a lot of the content is A, people driving, mm-hmm. and B, people putting things and taking things out of drawers. Yeah. He's doing so much show, don't tell. Yeah. But he does so much of it. I'm like, my guy, we got it. Like, we know. And it's suspenseful. Okay. <laughs> uh, you're showing us this and playing the music for so Like, we get the suspense of it. I, I think there's a lot he could edit. Yes. I gotta say. A lot less happened than I expected. Mm. I kind of love Norman Bates. Okay. <laughs> kind here's, of love him. 
here's the thing. I fucking loved this movie. <laughs> because Norman Bates is so hot. Hot? He's so... And I wanted to ask you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had a feeling that you were not going to feel the same way. Which, again, is great for us and our enduring business and friendship. I think he's such a cutie. Oh, my God. I would never think of him sexually. (sighs) But this makes so much sense that I I feel very foolish because... So, Norman Bates, if you haven't seen him, he's very tall, extremely haunted. (laughs) I mean, he's like a psychopath. Um, Very pointy thin but I guess that emphasizes the length Mm -hmm. of the man Mm -hmm. and he's kind of a problem and he's kind of sad Mm -hmm. and he loves to talk to women he is the blueprint for tall and haunted Norman Bates could stab me in the shower and I would thank him oh that would mean he was super into you so (laughs) exactly oh my I literally took a shower yesterday and I was like come on (laughs) Norman me and who yeah, Hitchcock's okay putting, like, hot guy. Because the other guy is kind of, like, he looked sort of... The other guy's like, you'd see him in an American TV show about football. Yeah. He's just a clean, muscular man. Ugh. Didn't do it for me at all. Mm. Were you attracted to the detective? <laughs> He's, like, small Wait, and ha- what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? It's, his like, name, Argotas. Or it Ar- made me laugh Arga- so much. Argopath. Argonaut? Arbogast. <laughs> They said Arbogast, and I laughed out loud. Yeah, it's such <laughs> And a I'm the detective. Arbogast. What is that name? I couldn't believe that at no point in the film, nobody said, what? <laughs> What's his name? Detective who? <laughs> um, I was not, I wasn't attracted to anybody in this film. Oh. Though I liked, I liked Norman Bates a lot. Mm-hmm. I was like, what a cutie. Okay, so let's just get into it. So the movie starts out. Remember how Vertigo started off with sort of a spinny sequence? Mm. This one starts off with like an angry bar graph. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? I don't know. But they had those title sequences back in the 60s. Charming. Mm -hmm. We move on. They open on Phoenix, Arizona. I was like, I did not know people in 1960 knew about Phoenix, Arizona. Especially British people. Yeah. And we apologize again for our regionalism, which does occur often on this podcast. Also, I'm from... Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> uh, need to do a quick rinse off? We'll be right back. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a a different aspect of my life now. So, 
How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. There's a lot of her working in an office. I thought of you. But before that... Oh, yeah. Okay, wait. This movie opens on two hot people have just done the deed. They have certainly just boned. Oh, I was irate at this scene. I was like, stop, stop it. Why? (laughs) Because I'm a Christian woman. No, because I'm so horny. (laughs) It was very hot. They were making out like good. Yeah, because again, he spent his own money around those codes. And it's been so long since we've seen a film where people actually kiss normally. Yeah. And they're like (sighs) talking about how they love doing it. They weren't sweaty at all, I noticed, for being in an Arizona hotel room having just banged. That's a really good point. I guess I assumed that people in the past who were, like, societally hot mm-hmm. d- didn't sweat. Mm-hmm. That's possible. Thank you. Yeah. Then we go to her office. She meets a douchey cowboy with a lot of money. <laughs> he comes in to buy. This is, like, a real estate place. Uh, yeah. I actually have no idea what her job is. He comes in for, like, a deed. I think she's a, the assistant at some... Place. And he at some point says, Lowry, I'm dying of thirsteroni. <laughs> he speaks like um an animated character in like an early 2000s commercial. <laughs> you know how they were all really chaotic and covered yeah. in like goo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would say that. The early 2000s was a slimy time. Ugh. What I really liked about this scene, this first one where she's at the office and her boss, Lowry, and this cowboy douche come in. The look on her face, she seems to hate these men. I loved her. I loved her too. I loved her so much. She She so visibly wanted that man to die. (laughs) She just visibly did hated them talking to her. This guy was like trying to flirt with her and she was not having it. Mm -hmm. She was altogether kind of like a, a very confident, cool character. Also, she says she sets her boundaries. She says what she wants. Yeah. It'd be so awesome if she hadn't gotten murdered. I know. She was really cool. At one point, she does math on screen. Okay, I actually thought that was super dumb, because all she does is subtract 700 (laughs) from 40,000, and I was like, girl. 
Now, I've spent $700 out of 40000 How much do I have left? And then I think she gives up. Like a Sesame Street. And she flushes it down the toilet. <laughs> also what I do when I get frustrated from doing math. Yeah. Yeah. So then she goes and she opens drawers for like 40 minutes and then she drives a lot. Oh, because she's stolen money. Oh, that's important. She steals the cowboy douche's $40,000 yeah. that he's paying, I guess, for a house, because that's how much houses cost yeah. in 1960. But yeah, it's our fault that we'll never be able to afford a home. Anyway, um, she steals it and she goes off to Sam. Sam, her all-American boyfriend with a football yeah. as a head. She heads toward him, but she never makes it. No, no, no. So she starts heading from Phoenix, Arizona to Northdale. Someplace. What, Fair, Fairvale? Fairvale. Wow. Fairvale. Then she arrives to the Bates Motel. Because mm, there's been a rainstorm. Mm-hmm. And also because they moved the highway. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps being okay. like, Norman Bates is like, we used to have a lot of business here, but not anymore ever since they moved the highway. What the <laughs> fuck does that, that they mean? Do? They do that? Sorry, pal. We're moving the highway. Good luck with your business. When did they move it? I don't know. I mean, also, I'm sure there's reasons that happens historically. I don't need to hear it. It's hilarious. How does anybody... Yeah, actually, men don't explain that to us in the Twitter comments. We don't... We're not actually curious to hear from you. <laughs> Let us have highways. this. I understand Shut infrastructure up. happens. We're good. We, we support Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> We're fine. She, like, somehow miraculously ends up at the Bates Motel, despite literally not being able to see in the rain. And she's like, I guess I must have gotten off the main road. Is that how everyone arrives to the Bates Motel now? Yeah. I mean, that's literally what he says. He's like, that's how people get here. Wow. So Norman's just out here awaiting for a rainstorm. Yeah. In the middle of California, a famously drought-ridden state. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying is there has to be a rainstorm for them to turn off. Yeah. (laughs) So whenever there's rain, he's like, here they come. (laughs) Ooh. Um, Mother, time to dry out. And then he invites her to dinner with him, which first of all was sandwiches and milk. Sandwiches and milk. He said I was going to have some sandwiches and milk. And I said, whoa. I told you they love it. I didn't know. And I'm sorry for not believing you. (laughs) That's okay. I really didn't believe you, though. This movie also about not believing women. So mostly the sister later on. The sister character is literally just there to be like, I think that this is the case. And everyone's like, no, shut up. Yeah. Shut up, Vivian. I think Vivian. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, you have no idea. She's like, I'm pretty sure my sister's not okay. They're like, Mm-mm, no, you have no idea. Yeah. We're going to go to the sheriff and have him tell you that you're wrong. Yeah. Anyway, at church. <laughs> All right, returning, um, returning. I, we have to talk about while she's doing this drive, before she gets to the motel, she does trade in her car to get California plates. Her Arizona plates fully said anal. <laughs> they did. The letters were A-N-L. Well, that must have been, you know, it's more of the themes. They Do you think a lot that's what they were doing before the first here. scene started? Because, you know, she's like, I'm going to spend the weekend in bed. Like, oh, in bed. And then they're like, my license plate says anal. <laughs> <laughs> that's Hitchcock telling us she's going to go do anal. <laughs> she's an independent woman of means. <laughs> okay, and she first hears the mother... From the house. <laughs> Through a loud rainstorm. And yet somehow it's crystal clear yards, audio. Yards and yards away. So far away. And the it, mother's like, 
you send her away. She can't be here. No, you're, she's not going to have dinner with us at the house. Mm-hmm. Tell her to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> or something. And then he comes back and he's like, listen, you can't come to my house, but I brought food. And I know I just told you that I was going to eat dinner, but I'm not hungry anymore. So I'll just watch you mm-hmm. eat. Mm-hmm. And she's like, great. I'll eat one bite of bread on cheese for an entire conversation. And then he looks at her eat and he says, you eat like a bird while surrounded by dead birds. I was like, all right. Okay. Hitchcock's the birds. We get it. (laughs) He's like advertising. You know how Marvel movies always like leave a little teaser at the end. Yeah. This was a mid early scene trailer. (laughs) He's like for the birds. Remember these birds. Keep that in your mind for later. They're going to come back and they're going to be very alive in my next film. We have to talk about this woman is bad at crime. She is not doing a good job at all the crimes she's trying to do. She steals these $40,000 that she's supposed to deposit. She puts them in a huge envelope and that she puts that huge envelope in a tiny purse. Mm-hmm. So that it is sticking out yeah. the whole travel way. Then she gets pulled over by a cop for sleeping on the side of the road. She has to get her documents out of the same purse with this mahusive envelope of visibly stolen cash. <laughs> And then she uses a fake name to sign into the motel, immediately forgets that alias, uh, right? tells him her real name. She says she's from Los Angeles. Then by the end of their sandwiches and milk conversation, she's like, I'm going back home tomorrow to write what I've done wrong. And he's like, and where's home? And she was like, Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> and I was like, you're the stupidest, worst at crime God person I've seen. <laughs> it's yet another example of how Hitchcock does not respect women. He's like, they well, can't do crime. They're dumb. <laughs> They're so pretty, but they are so super dumb. Also, where she hides the money. <laughs> she's like, I don't want to put it in a drawer. What about this drawer? No, I'll make a newspaper fat with money and I'll set it on my bedside table out in the open. I do, what? If they made like an immersive experience of Hitchcock's psycho, I know they would do like the scary parts of it, but I would want where in the hotel room would you hide the cash? That's there are a really good so one. many better options. You know what else would be a good thing for this immersive mm. thing? Would be how you pack the car once he shoves her body in. Yeah. Because I was trying to imagine that about like how he tetris this in. Because he put her in. Even though the, the car was perfectly sized for a human body. Mm-hmm. Which just shows you that that time, that cu- the culture at the time was encouraging murder. Yes. It was. A, yeah. He places her in. And then we don't actually see from that angle. You can't see the, all the, the car packing. But he sets the suitcase in and definitely just on top of her body, which I guess doesn't matter. And a full, long mop? (laughs) Yeah, it's a very deep car. Okay, but we are getting ahead of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because we have to talk about the most important scene that y'all are all waiting for. Norman Bates being tall. I'm just kidding. (laughs) That was the most important scene to me. I mean, he is. He looked so good in every scene. He's just so... He's so unbelievably my type that I know I'm inevitably going to get murdered. (laughs) But again, that's a compliment. Thank you. So you guys have heard about this shower scene. She gets stabbed. You know that. Mm-hmm. There, are, There's so many more important pieces that happen right before and right after. Mm-hmm. The before is that this bitch loves to shower. She is so happy. Oh, my God. Showering. I've never seen anyone look happier. She turns it on and she's like, ah, yeah. The water is is falling on her face and she's smiling so big. I thought she was about to start singing The Sound of Music. She looked so pleased. It's like the first time she's beaming in the entire movie. Yeah. And, and it is the last. Yeah. And and at least she, she died doing what she loved. <laughs> she died as she lived. Showering. Showering. 
And then, you know, yeah, it opens. I I was surprised at how little suspense there was leading up to the stabby stab in the shower. You're really right. For us, I feel like we experienced suspense because we were like, oh, no, she's going to the bathroom. We know that she's going to get stabby stabbed in the shower. But the audiences at the time wouldn't know that. So it was like, oh, my God, what a happy little white woman taking a shower. I'm so happy for her. And then very quickly they get she gets stabbed. But I feel like now thrillers or slashers really build up the lead up and they really stress you out. We'd see the mom behind the curtain for much longer. Yeah. It was just like a second. Yeah. Yeah, that's really true. Um, Then she gets stabbed like six to a hundred times. Yeah. All very clearly, as Liana mentioned, that they didn't get, you didn't see any actual stabbing into human flesh, but that is very obvious. So much so that I was like, she is incredible at fight choreography. Like she is really (laughs) deflecting this knife. And then what I am so surprised about for this horribly violent scene, there is no blood at all. Yeah. Like a drop. You mean like down the drain? Yeah. Or just during the Down the drain, everywhere. I mean, there's, very, very little blood. Mm-hmm. And then afterward, also important, is like a five minute long scene of him mopping it up. Which also was just in there for me. <laughs> we get to see a tall man take initiative and clean. Are you kidding? Okay. This movie is porn. <laughs> this actually leads me to a little segment I'd like to do. This I wrote because I really, I found Norman to be just a real cutie. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is for you. Thank you. So this is green flags <laughs> about Norman Bates. Yes. Now, I'm not, this isn't a horny perspective for me. This is really just like, you know what? He actually, there's a lot of things he does that makes him a good partner. Mm-hmm. Okay. First of all, he cleans. Oh. And well. Second of all, he cooks. As we saw, he delivered four slices of bread mm-hmm. and butter or cheese. Yeah, which honestly, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, that's enough. He loves his mom. Oh boy, does he. Always a good sign. Mm-hmm. He's extremely, almost unrealistically fast. Oh, Oh. say more. Especially at changing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) There are many times in this film where, especially when Arbogast comes through, Arbogast, like he's on the other side of his motel grounds and Arbogast goes into the house and then he kills Arbogast as mother. He is, it's because he's so long. How did he get upstairs? His legs, they're so long. So he's extremely fast. Mm Mm-hmm. Then, in, a, in a good way. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I don't... I, I Should I say it? I'll say it. You can cut it out. I don't think Norman would finish first. <laughs> Actually, he'd probably be, like, very attentive. See? Yeah. He's a gentle boy, except for when he stabs you. Mm-hmm. He's got that boyish grin. Oh. Actually, is really cute. He is the hottest man I've seen in weeks. He's a homeowner and then some. Oh. Um, he, quote-unquote... Hates the illness, so he wants to get better and thus can be fixed. Oh, my God. And finally, and this is for you, he's tall. He's so tall. (laughs) He's so tall. He's so long. Mm -hmm. There's one scene where he comes out in a sweater and I said aloud at like eight in the morning. Oh, he was wearing like a turtleneck over another collar. It was was so hot. It It only emphasized his length. It it was perfect. It made him look very spindly, like very noodle like. Yeah. Borderline Jack Skellington, I would (laughs) say. Which, again, pretty much my type. Okay. Do they have bogs in California? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This bog. I love that you call it a bog. I was referring to it as a pond. Oh. Because I really was romanticizing Norman throughout the... I was like, oh my God, he's at a pond. (laughs) It's more of a big swamp of sludge. (laughs) It's a gorgeous pond (laughs) 
where you could read. It is like Shrek like. (laughs) He pushes the car. I mean, I guess he's strong. The car is also full of the dead woman he killed. Yeah, I was like, man, casting calls for women in Hitchcock films were just blonde, can fit in trunk of car, unfortunately. But yeah, he shoves it into a pond. And I was like, I don't think this pond is big enough for this vehicle. (laughs) People talk about this whole stabby scene a lot. But this this scene was amazing. A car gets swallowed up Mm. by sludge. (laughs) And I don't know where they shot that. And is that car still in the sludge? Wait, no, they take it out at the end. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also, as soon as they introduced a pond, I was like, it's not a pond. I'm so excited to say pond for the rest of this notes. And every time somebody mentioned, I was like, oh my God. Like one of the next scenes, I think her sister was like, I just want to help my sister Marion before she gets in this too deeply. And I was like, babe, she is in a pond. She is deep. She's deep in a pond. I think it's... I have to look at the definition of a pond, but I'm happy for you. You seem to like that word. And then also he very clearly kills Arbogast and then dumps him in the pond later. Oh. Because there's that scene where Sam, the all-American boy, drives up and is like, Arbogast! And Norman is at the, the pond side and he looks over and I was like, this pond is getting full. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> this pond is filling up. Not that big to start with. No. He's going to run out of pond. And there were people before, we have to imagine. Like two other quote-unquote young girls who we hear about at the very end of the film. Do you think they were in cars too? Oh my god, this pond! No wonder the, f- the third one had trouble sinking. <laughs> like, there were already two vehicles with tiny women stuffed in them. One of them was in a bus. <laughs> this pond is just so deep. A uh, school administrator who absconded with the school trip funds. Now would be a good time to go lock your doors and make sure there are no holes in your walls. We'll be right back. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... 
I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. A very important line is, I wonder where Norman Bates does his hermiting. (laughs) To me, a very important line was when he's having sandwiches and milk. And I should say he's watching Marion have bread with butter on it. Yeah. And they're surrounded by these dead birds. And Norman says, my hobby is stuffing things. (gasps) Stuff me, Norman! (gasps) Oh my gosh. (laughs) What's going on over there? What are you you thinking? I feel like I've really... (laughs) No, I'm just thinking about like... I'm really, it's not that I want to be happy for men like this, because if they're like this, they're murderers and bad. Yeah. But like, for you to find him so like sexy, like, mm-hmm. yes. I mean, yeah. he is like socially awkward, kind of weirdo a little bit. Sure. I would describe that as haunted. Yeah. And so I love this. I love, I mean, but it's just so important. There's someone for everyone. <laughs> if we here at Toss Popcorn can give you a little bit of hope today. Late in the film, Vivian and Sam go back. They're like, we got to find Arbogast. Where the fuck did he go? Because he gets stabs and floats down the stairs. (laughs) The women from the Wizard of Oz could sing him into the next life. (laughs) Yeah, the dead housewives. That's what they're doing. They're welcoming the new people. There is a dead housewife in that house. That's so true. At the end, I'm sorry. It doesn't seem like either of them care that her sister died. Oh, wait, yeah, they never sit with that. No. Because they're like, where is she? Where is she? Oh, what she is is dead. Yeah. Oh, did she get murdered by him? Yes. All right. Well, now we know. But they're like, but tell me what his deal is. I'd really like to know. Hitchcock literally is like, we don't even care that the woman died. We got to figure out the man. What's up with this man? He's so tortured. I want to know more about the man. I also think Hitchcock, honestly, is bad at ending films. Yeah, (laughs) you're right. Vertigo, he just... Truncates. Like, just, I guess we're done. I, it's over. That's a wrap. Yeah. <laughs> and then this one, he brings in a fucked up know-it-all psychiatrist to come in and explain his whole deal. Though I do like the very last moment with the flash of skeleton on his face. <laughs> Was that? Did that do it for you? This happening? is a perfect segue into our segment. Badges and trages. <gasps> okay. Where we award badges to things we think the film did well and trages or tragic bad badges to things that we felt had room for improvement. Okay. Why don't you go ahead? Okay. I got to give a badge for spooky violins. Thank you once again, Bernard. They are incroyable. They add to the ambiance yes. so well. I got a badge for the tallest and the most haunted boy. I mean, <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. I mean, just an overall mahusive badge for Norman Bates, played by Anthony Perkins, six foot two, famously. Oh, Wow. And specifically a badge for a very chaotic jawline angle Mm. where he 
looks the most haunted, but also just like, oh, that's a chiseled boy. Was it the bottom of his chin? Oh, yeah, it sure was. Oh my God. This man is so hot. Like, I don't think there are words to describe to you. Anyway, badge for, yeah, as I said, the blueprint for Tall and Haunted. Hey, is that is that them? Yes. And your last one was sort of that jawline thing. Mm. <laughs> okay. Badge for Norman looking like a camel eating candy and looking down at the book. All right, don't ruin this for me. But I loved it. We know how weird camels are. But we know how much I love camels. But I don't want to fuck a camel. Well, what do you mean, well? (laughs) Well, you're gonna. No. (laughs) I guess at least I'd be hydrated for once in my life. Are you kidding me? I'm sorry. Any guy who looks like a camel is like going to be gangly and tall and honestly, a little haunted. Okay, you're so right. (gasps) Oh my God, my type is camel. Okay, badge for being under two hours. Mm. Badge for casually taking place in December and not being a Christmas movie. Wow. Badge for a very snazzy office door nameplate for her boss. Very modern. It was really cool. Badge for portraying cops is very scary. Yes. Badge for women doing math on screen, Mm. albeit poorly. (laughs) Oh, badge for a character getting their shit together in the bathroom. When she got that used car, she went to the bathroom to get her shit together. And that is where I regroup all the time in society. Mm -hmm. I'm out and about. Find a bathroom and just uh, recharge. I once took a nap in a bathroom during a party. Really? Yeah. They're very comforting. Mm-hmm. A badge for the broadest and pointiest shoulders ever seen in cinema. Are we talking about? Who else could we be Our talking bullet? about? We're talking about Normie. And a badge for a car getting completely submerged in sludge. Yes. All right. Tragis. Tragis. What are your tragis, Liana? I got a trage for a man sitting on your desk to talk to you. Because we all have lived it at some point of like a man is either like sitting on your desk or somehow encroaching your space yeah. or touching your upper arm for no goddamn reason. And you're like, st- like please just, could yeah. you not? No. I wish you wouldn't. Yep. Um, a trash cool. for unnecessary bras. I know we give a trash for unnecessary boobs all the time, but I'm going to say it. If anything, I am specifically not wearing a bra when I am home alone. And we see her home alone in a couple of scenes like she's packing once and then she's getting ready to shower and she's hanging out almost only in her bra. And I was like, it is the reverse, my friends. It is no bra. Almost every other item of clothing I own is on. <laughs> I have to give a trash for the Hitchcock of it all. I mean, like that is ultimately what's going to ding my rating of this film is like that guy sucked. And as horny as I was for the man, there was still so much like overt misogyny. Yeah. The women were treated badly and were stupid yeah. and not listened to. Oh, yeah. Trash for everybody being bad at crime. Like even Norman. <laughs> no, he's really bad at crime. He's not good at crime. And he's done so many crimes. I guess mother did the crime and Norman did the cleaning when arba guest why would he say that she didn't come there like obviously no yeah well i thought he had at least ripped out the guest book page that she had signed that's a little bit where like be better at crime if you're gonna do crime be better at it that's a little bit where hitchcock it's like oh you go through all this work to make this so suspenseful and make it so hard for us to to catch that there's this big twist Mm -hmm. and then you just suddenly make the criminals just be stupid here and there where it's convenient for you yeah like when he leaves and Arbogast sees him almost go to room one and then decide not to go. It's like, this really? Thing, I'm like, I don't really know if Hitchcock was that smart because <laughs> in order to write smart characters who can outwit other people, mm. you got to also be smart yourself. Like the best parts of this film are a tall haunted boy and the music and Hitchcock is not either of those. These are my tragedies. Oh, yeah. Trage for how long Jamie Lee Curtis's mom had to keep her eye open. In that that shot of her eye mm-hmm. pulling backwards. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Her eye was open for like 
a minute and a half. Could you see her breathing in that? Yeah. Yeah. She did the rest. I mean, she's focused on the eye. I forgot to say a huge trage of mine is one of my greatest fears is getting murdered in the shower because I don't feel that I'm hot enough to die naked. Sienna's either going to agree with me or she's about to give me like a like a bolstering mom speech. And I think it's the latter. I'm giving you a mom look because you are gorgeous. Thank you. Anybody would be honored to find your naked murdered body. I really appreciate that. That is so nice. I I worry that I wouldn't die in a hot position. Yeah. When you can't control mm -hmm. and you want to get it right. Yeah. Because I, I know that I am like a beautiful and very hot person, but it can go wrong. There are angles that are not my best. Mm -hmm. And I would not want to die at one of those. That's fair. I think that's, I think everybody deserves that right. Thank you. A trage for the fucked up know-it-all psychiatrist at the end. Yeah, that was a trage for me too. It was like, it's so boring to hear all of this explained via monologue from some guy. He was also ridiculous. It was kind of like it was um, one of Hitchcock's friends or something. And he wrote this in at the end and was like, I want you to go do this. He's like, listen, I got this. Mm -hmm. Alfie. No problem. Yeah. Because he's so cocky mm -hmm. that it can't just be a character choice. It's it definitely like, felt like a guy who's like, I'm an actor. I do the work. Yeah. He's like, um, Norman thought he was his mom. Here's the deal. And we're all like, we don't know who you are. <laughs> you haven't been here at all. You look like every other guy in this whole movie. I can't tell that you are a psychiatrist no. over anyone else. He could have just been Arbogast in a white coat. The only thing I'll say is, this is another trend I'm noticing in Hitchcock's films. He looked Latino. And I actually looked it up. I'm like, is this man Mexican? And was he? He was not. Uh. And I was sad. But he like literally looks like my Uncle Ed. Wow. <laughs> okay. Trage for a female protagonist eating one bite of food. Mm-hmm. Both of them, and I know that they both were very haunted people, but both Norman and Marion were like, I just don't have an appetite. <laughs> I'm not hungry. I was like, Hitchcock, let your characters eat dinner. That always stresses me out. In high school, I felt like everybody was always like, I'm not hungry. Like we'd have a sleepover and then in the morning they'd be like, I'm not hungry. I'm like, I don't know when we're supposed to be hungry. Yeah. When do humans feel hungry? I once, when I was traveling with my mom, she was like, I'm not really hungry for dinner. And I was like, I guess I'm not going to have dinner. And I got really stressed. Right. I felt trapped. I was you, like, I'm a child. And the only person I know in this country is my mom and she's not hungry. So I guess I, do I, am I, am I going to starve? Okay, um, and then finally, this movie could have been 30 minutes. <laughs> I would watch the 30-minute supercut of Norman just being tall. I think that's actually the right way to do this. I do have one more badge that I forgot. Oh, which is a flea bag look to camera. This is the infamous ending of the film where Norman's oh. monologue, momologue, if you will. Okay, incredible. She's a film. It's actually expert. It's actually excellent. Thank you. He looks down and he does like a, a glare to camera and it's supposed to be creepy. And it is the thing that made me the horniest of anything that happened in this film. That is, that actually was hot. All right. Now okay. shall we move on? Yes. To a very important segment called How to Pretend You've Seen This Film. How do we do it? This is for when you are checking in to the motel from which the highway was moved. But you've gotten blown off the road because there was a rainstorm. You're checking in late at night. The motel clerk? Yeah. Concierge? Hotelier? Ooh, the motelier? <laughs> the motelier reaches for a key, but then a glimmer in his eye mm. tells him that you might want to talk to him about his favorite movie. Yeah, and he says it to you in like a joking format, so you're meant to not feel fear. But he's like, 
don't worry, I won't do a psycho on you. <laughs> Here are some sentences you could say to Dorman. Dorman. Here are some sentences you could say to Dorman to make sure he does not stabby stab you as you were taking the happiest shower of your life. Well, Dorman, that film, Psycho, features a number of stuffed birds. They represent how Norman sees himself, not as a beast, but as a harmless bird made flightless by circumstances beyond his control. It is said that one of these stuffed birds fell and hit Hitchcock on the head during filming, thus inspiring his 1963 horror, The Birds. <laughs> is that true? No. <laughs> oh my god, Dorman. So cool running into you. I love how I'm looking up at you right now. It's really incredible. I will say, like, incredible film really set the scene, changed the landscape forever. I mean, that scene, wow, uh, yes. I gotta say, though, my one qualm is, like, I just do feel... That the odds are so goddamn low that your own boss would actually see you while you are driving your car out of town. Dorman, a number of characters in that film see Mrs. Bates in the window of Norman's house. Many critics read this as a device used by Hitchcock to throw the audience off the scent. In reality, this was a production hiccup. The person in the window was Jimmy Stewart, who missed the memo that they'd already wrapped on Hitchcock's 1954 drama, Rear Window. Oh, and Jimmy probably felt so dizzy up there, too. Whoa! (laughs) We already rapped on this one? Dorman. That license plate said anal. Dorman, and thank you for showing me to my room. And you can leave after this. Um, You may notice a striking absence of rope in the film Psycho. Why do no characters ever have rope, you may wonder? This is because Hitchcock swore off the stuff once he spent a fortune on rope for his 1948 thriller, Rope. (laughs) All right, everybody, it's time for a quick, quick time saver called Should You Watch This or our beloved segment in which we will tell you if we think you should watch this film or if you should do absolutely anything else with your time. Sienna, what do you think? For me, I think this movie is just okay. Mm-hmm. Watching Norman Bates talk to people was kind of fun, mm-hmm. but that's like two scenes out of the whole thing. Yeah. So I say, watch the show Psych instead. Aww. It's really funny. It's really cute. It's one of the best shows ever. Somehow really not sexist, even from the time it was made. I rewatched it. It checks out. I approve. And anyway, go watch that. It's better. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. But Liana, what do you think? This is interesting. I'm never going to endorse a Hitchcock film. And what I am going to do is hearken back to the early days of me doing this segment in which I would say, should you watch this movie or should you watch 1917? Oh, A modern day tall and haunted boy movie. Viewers, listeners, horny people around the globe. You got to watch 1917. That movie also has a person getting stabbed, although this time the knife actually definitely goes in. Mm. 1917 has a woman who is... Stressed, mm-hmm. a la Vivian, mm-hmm. who's like, I think actually you should probably stay and help me. And the mm-hmm. man is like, I gotta go. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And a man brings her milk in both of them. Oh my God. <laughs> I literally cannot believe I did not think about that. It's the only thing I remember. She's like, the baby needs milk. And he's like, milk? Oh my God, that's the only thing I have in my canteen because of the surprise cow. And finally, 1917 has the best, the tallest, the most age appropriate for me currently. Haunted boy in the form of the one, the only George Mackay, who once again, I've said it before, I will say it again. If you know him legally, you do have to tell me. 
Sienna, what would you rate the film Psycho? I'm sorry. Can I actually ask you first? Because I am fascinated. This one really did a lot for you. It seemed to make you feel a lot. I've thought about this a lot. And because I do my ratings based off like how I felt I experienced the film and how I felt the experience Mm -hmm. of the film was, I'm going to give this movie four out of five (gasps) tall haunted boys. I love that. I enjoyed it so much. I was like skipping to work after watching it. (laughs) And again, none of that is credit to Hitchcock or any of really the other men involved besides Anthony Perkins, the perfect Norman Bates, the tallest boy. Girl, you don't have to explain yourself. Don't let Hitchcock take this from you. This is yours. You're allowed to have a good time. Oh, man. This movie was for me in many, many ways, much like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, in the same ways that it is. And of course, I have to ding it a full point, a full tall haunted boy because of the Hitchcock and the misogyny of it all. So tall. (laughs) One of the tallest films we've seen yet. That is, I am so happy for you. That's really nice to hear. I'm glad you had such a nice time. Thanks. Sienna, what would you rate Psycho? I'm going to give this one a solid two shower drains out of five. Yeah. I thought it was just okay. Mm-hmm. I so fully get that. Like, I was thinking about it, and if Norman Bates were not hot, mm-hmm. this is a nothing film. Hey, and I'm so happy that you loved it. I mean, it's like when there are puppets for me. And I'm like, listen, if there weren't puppets, I wouldn't have loved it so much. Yeah, because you really want to bone a puppet. I'm glad to hear which classic films give this to you. And anybody who has the same feelings as you about haunted men would be like, mm. great, this is one yeah. that I could vibe with. Yeah. We got to take what we can get from these films. We got to take what we can get. This is the first one I've given lower than you. This is the first one I've given for anything's. I'm Guys, so happy. I'm this so happy is the power that tall haunted men hold over me. <laughs> He's a cutie, though. He's so... Okay, everybody. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening to this episode of Tossed Popcorn. If you liked this episode or our podcast in general, or if you also love a tall, tall boy, please rate us five stars and give us a nice little review on the Apple Podcasts app. We also are all over social media. We are at Tossed Popcorn on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. If you want to follow our Instagram, we put fun little sketches on there and And other movie content. Memes. We make very good memes. Every Saturday is meme day. Anyway, join in for more content about these movies. And join us next week when we'll be watching 2001 A Space Odyssey. Thank you. We love you. you. Bye. You can find us on Instagram as at Sienna Jekyll and at Liana Holston. Please check the description for the spelling of our dumb names. We put out episodes every Tuesday, so make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. See you next week on Tossed Popcorn. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check the iHeartRadio app. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. 
Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on people that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in exactly. to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, right. which is different than empathy, yeah. right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.